Sometimes you have to give it up to have it all. That is uh, the subject of this podcast, Podcast 1103, the Bob Davis Podcast. It's been a while since I did a podcast. I'm going to talk about why. And I'm going to talk about uh, the summer I am having and the place I am in and the rush and bustle of what I have come to realize is a completely different dimension. We'll talk about it in podcast 1103, the Bob Davis Podcasts. You know, in spite of the fact that I'm not doing yoga right now, just because uh, I dislocated my shoulder a while back, it's getting better. I can actually do yoga, but now I'm in a bug-infested paradise. So I don't really want to get down on the ground and do yoga, so I've got lots of excuses. But in spite of that, being able to be outside, we're going to talk about that in this podcast, being able to sit by a fire, being able to get in a place where there is a moment's peace makes a huge difference. And that's one of the reasons that uh, GardenGurusMN.com is sponsoring the Bob Davis podcast for a whole year because we want to talk about the garden space they can create for you so that you have a place to go in your backyard or in the side yard or somewhere uh, around your house uh, that is peaceful where you can just relax it's summer and of course you know people uh, feel like it's peaceful anyway but when i go into the city <laughs> when i encounter the hustle and bustle even out here in uh, the country it's uh it's very interesting to me as an urban guy, my reaction to it. So I think having a space where you can just sit and contemplate and be at peace for a few minutes is really important. That's where Garden Gurus MN comes in. They can do corporate clients, they can do individual clients, and they can give you a reasonable price. They'll explain why they can do things like containers for plants and just really kind of pretty up a space in your yard. Just visit GardenGurusMN.com for more information. This is different because it's hard for me to stay on this subject. And I want to carry this thought all the way through this podcast, which is sometimes you have to give it up to have it all. And really, the way I put it in an Instagram post recently, I think I did say sometimes you have to give it all up in order to get it all. Something to that effect. It's the same thought. You have to give it up to gain it all back or to gain it all. And in fact, I wouldn't even say gain it all back. I would just say you have to give it up to have it all. And I don't know whether this is just uh, age and experience or whether it is uh, one of the benefits of nomad life. But unlike some people that do this, I cut ties. Uh, and I've done this more than once in my life. Uh, it, it's funny because I'm in a, I'm in a family property and uh, although I'm divorced, they were like, you're not getting away from us. And my ex-wife has been kind enough to, unbeknownst to me, store a ton of stuff. Well, not as much as she has, <laughs> but a lot of stuff that I remember when I, when, when we split up, uh, she said, uh, what do you want me to do with all this stuff? And I said, burn it. And she saved it. So 
we've been we've had a reason to get all this stuff back and it's in the big shed where i was earlier in this year when it was snowing and cold and i had just gotten up here in wisconsin and slowly but surely we've all kind of just gone through all this stuff and thrown a lot of stuff away and reorganized everything and I have my little palette of, of the final things that I have to go through to decide whether I'm going to save them or just chuck them. And oddly enough, there's a lot of stuff from high school that I had no idea. Like, I thought it was, I didn't even know this stuff existed. As well as a lot of work from radio that I did uh, early on. So there's, a, there's, a, there's tapes from high school radio. Uh, there's tapes from when I first started in radio, uh, programming materials from radio stations, research studies that I did. So it's been weird because I can go back and sort of uh, look at the body of work that I have over the years doing a lot of different things. And and, uh, in the process, somehow arrived at this. I have... uh, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say use these words. I don't know that I mean it this uh, this violently, but I've burned it to the ground and rebuilt it many, many times in my life. That seems to be the way I do things. I don't know if that's good or bad. It just is. And I was going to say that many of the people that I know that do the nomad life, and I did it too, we... We start out gingerly. You know, we start out, we get a vehicle. Uh, and it can be a car. I mean, it can be a pickup truck. It can be, you know, a, a tent. It doesn't have to be some major thing. And we sort of stick our toe in the water. And my toe in the water was I got Mobile Podcast Command in 2014. And I thought, well, this will be great because now I was podcasting full time. And I thought, you know, I'll. I'll use this to go out and find stories. And I'll, I ended up really going out and uh, discovering this experience of, of uh, backroads travel and traveling. And I'd travel as a kid. You know, my friend Ken Madden and I talk about this all the time because he did a lot of the same things when he was a kid with traveling with the family. They went out west with a trailer. My friend Steve... Uh, and his family went out west with a trailer that his dad actually made. Uh, you know, he built it. And uh, we would go uh, from Chicago to Florida. And so as kids, you know, we kind of experienced the country from, from the back seat of a car. If we were lucky, we got to sit in the front seat for a while and travel. And every family did it differently. Some families had trailers. My dad liked to stay. He didn't. He would get eaten alive by mosquitoes. He just could not camp. And so we would stay at the Travel Hall or the Howard Johnson's or the cheapest hotel or motel, rather, that he could find anywhere along the way. And, I mean, it was a great education for a kid, uh, especially at that time, traveling through the South and uh, seeing Florida before this massive first phase of development in the late 70s. And each subsequent phase of development in uh, the Sunshine State since. So I think, uh, and, and I think uh, I was hearkening back to those days when I first started in 2014 and 2015, traveling in mobile podcast command, kind of getting the lay of the land and figuring out what I needed and what I was. I didn't even know that 
I was going to do the nomad thing. But I was out go, trying to find stories, quote unquote, to go to. In other words, events or things that I could do podcasts about. And they're, they're all still up there at the BobDavisPodcast.com. All my, uh, you know, air show stuff and the pipeline protest and the political campaigns and whatnot. Places I went, things that I did. I went out west because I hadn't been out west for a long time. All that stuff. And then in 2020, uh, something just clicked. At some point in the summer, I went on a trip to Michigan. And when I got back from the trip uh, to Michigan, something something inside clicked. And I, I just kept asking myself, why am I coming home? Because I so much love to just go with you know, no real plan or, or direction, just drive. Happiness is a full tank and a clean windshield. And that's when I decided that I was going to give notice on my rented duplex and, and uh, hit the road. And that process is, is what I mean by giving it up. But I gave up a lot more than just giving away all my furniture or getting rid of throwing everything away into the dumpster that uh, couldn't be nailed down or that I didn't think it was important. Uh, all of that. That's all that goes with the territory of saying, I'm, I'm cutting loose. I'm just going to live on the road. But what you're also doing is, and you may not know that you're doing it, without even asking the question, why do I want to do this? Because it doesn't occur to you. Because you're still, you're just thinking, and I think this is a common experience, you're just thinking, I'm doing this. This is going to be a, this is the adventure of my life. But you're also rejecting uh, a certain lifestyle. So, so that's really setting the table for this podcast. That I, I did it without thinking about it because I was burning it to the ground and then I was going to build something out of the embers and I figured out I'll figure it out on the way I'm not going to worry about I'm just going to podcast and I'm going to do my thing and I don't I'm not going to worry about uh, you know I'm not going to worry about where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it there was no sense of fear and I'm I'm kind of surprised at the number of people I've talked to that say you're brave I don't feel like I'm brave I just had virtually I was like a sociopath I had virtually no fear in this process never thought once do you, I never considered what I was really giving up to to do what I what I did and what I'm doing Because the the one I guess you could say it was the wanderlust, it was the desire to have this adventure and to do something really unorthodox and to live a really unorthodox as as really an unorthodox lifestyle as I could. Remember, this is before the movie Nomad Land. I didn't watch any YouTube channels about doing this. I didn't even know that there were people out there that did videos about doing this. 
the nomad life thing, the van life thing. I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know. I just decided I was going to do this. And when you do it, you are rejecting a certain, you're, you're rejecting a certain dimension of life, if you will. I know with the New Age community, there's the whole 5D thing versus the 3D thing, which I think is ridiculous because scientifically, it just doesn't make any sense, but that's another story entirely. Uh, but it's literally, you're rejecting, and I've learned since that it is a different dimension. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some examples. I'm gonna tell you where I'm at now and why. It's uh, it, it, what people have said to me about it that, that brought this up. Because I don't think this is something that uh, is limited to nomad life. And I, I mean, I can speak from experience that I've jumped through the hole many times and continued on and everything was okay. So I, I wasn't afraid because I've done this before. This was probably the most extreme thing that I've done. And, and I've often talked about the cathartic uh, experience of just throwing everything away, just getting rid of everything. That was amazing. And I'm, I'm going to do it again here shortly, although it's a much smaller palette of stuff. But, you know, what, what do you keep? And I keep going back to, I think a lot of us, I think it's a fair thing to say that a lot of us, and it doesn't, have to, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, I think a lot of us have experienced a fair amount of death recently for whatever reason there were certainly deaths during the pandemic i don't really need to get into that but for me in particular some very important people have passed and it never ceases to amaze me how short life is i don't care if you die if you're a hundred you know you can look at it two ways you can say like in the case of my mom you know, she was almost 100. What a life that she led. She was born in 1922, and, you know, she, she, she observed this whole change in the world from that period of time until passing. And she was lucid. She was never lost her mind or her ability to perceive or to think. And she was an artist, so she thought in a unique way about things. But here you are, you know, you're 100 years old, or you're 30 years old, or you're 50 years old. I just had a friend pass away recently, very good friend, probably in his early 70s. You have all the, you had all this stuff. You 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 had property, or you had a house, or you had stuff in your garage, or whatever, and uh, you leave, and then you're your loved ones in their grief have to go through all your stuff and decide what they're going to keep and what they're not going to keep and wonder about what you were thinking <laughs> when you had all this stuff. I, I, and I keep thinking, I really don't want my son to have to do that when I go. I, I just don't want, I would rather make it very easy and simple. Here's the stuff to save. The rest of it we're getting rid of and get it down to four boxes, right? But it's, it's, it's not the stuff. It's the fact that you move on to the next plane. There's all your stuff. just sits there. And then it slowly fades as you clean the person's house or you empty their boxes and so on. So in the second half of this podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back down to this question of giving it up to have it all. 
Well, you heard me do the economic podcast where I talked about the price of commodities and so forth. One of the commodities I talk a lot about and watch very carefully is uh, crude, Brent crude and West Texas Intermediate. Most of the fuel in the United States comes from West Texas Intermediate, and I'm watching those prices very closely. And for the most part, uh, despite supply cuts, you know, petroleum continues to be uh, getting lower and lower in cost. And of course, all during this period of inflation we've had, uh, the focus has been on the price of fuel. Independent refueling stations, generally speaking, get a better deal on fuel because they're buying direct and they can pass the savings on to customers. So they most of the time have slightly less price, uh, you know, higher prices than, uh, than other you know, company-owned service stations, and they can pass that savings on to the customers, and they do. And that's been the deal with independent refueling stations for a while. But one of the things that many of them are doing, and one of the things that my friends at 36 Lynn do so well, is not just, I hate to say market, but okay, promote what they do, community involvement, and events, and having just a great store. Lots of locally sourced products, and they just put a thing on IG. I mentioned it in another podcast where they said, hey, we have fresh peaches. So they had a lot of stuff, and they're really into this locally sourced thing, and they're starting to get known for it. Check them out online at 36lin.com. Click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com. And certainly check out 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South in uh, Lynn Lake. Not a, it's not uptown. It's called Lynn Lake. Uh, but you know where it is if you, if you figure that out. So shout out to the guys at 36 Lynn and thanks for sponsoring the Bob Davis Podcasts. So I have this campsite and it's lined with tree stumps and a huge... Uh, pile of wood here. I have an unlimited supply of wood. I now have a kids table over here in the corner with little chairs and uh, one of those uh, Walmart $9 solar powered lanterns that's glowing. Um, I have a I have a folding table that was my mom's and I have another folding table I just bought that's aluminum. I have a full pot of coffee sitting over there as the evening progresses. The truck is behind me. I've got a uh, RV mat and uh, we have some electric lights down here, which we just got rewired. They're working, and uh, the and I'm going to record it, but I'm not going to put it in this podcast. Right now, there is a huge forest behind me, and then about 300 feet up from there are the cabins. And we are, I should, I hate to say we, because I, I don't have a vote, but what they're doing is the, the family is clearing out this forest because it's, there's a ton of really uh, old trees in here and they're starting to fall. The, I wish I'd have been able to record it, but we've had three trees, big trees, just crack and fall in the last two weeks. And you, you find them the next day in the forest or the one that fell, I was sitting on the deck and this tree cracked and fell right in front of me. And if it had fallen on me, I, it would have killed me. So we've got to get these trees down. So we're in the process of clearing out this forest so that, uh, you know, and the forest will remain. We're not cutting down all the trees, but we're getting rid of a lot of the underbrush and we're cutting down the weaker trees so that the stronger trees can survive. I'm down here by the water, so I'm all the way down at the lake. And then uh, my cousin by marriage 
is down the way at his place. And he and I are the only two guys down here. And we have a fire every night. So he's Mark's down there. He's got his fire going by his boathouse. And I'm down here by the other boathouse by, with my fire. Although mine is a little curved around. But nobody, we were talking about this today. And I go, you know what's cool about just hanging out down here is the, nobody wants to come down here. It's like every day I, I tell people, hey, come down to the fire and, you know, we'll hang out. But only certain people come down here. So I've had a couple of people, a couple of guests come down over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, it's really funny because they all say, you have, you've, you've got it. This is amazing. You've got this incredible, you have beaten it. You have, you have everything, which is to say, I have this incredibly peaceful experience down here. I have a fire every night. I'm sitting here by a perfectly smooth lake. Beautiful sunsets. It's the Midwest. It's Wisconsin. It's getting to be high summer. And I'm not going to stay here forever. In the midst of all this, and I mentioned the trees being cut down, there's also lots of other things being done. So every time you go up there, there's four or five vehicles with people with various things, you know, mowers and, you know, construction equipment and all these other things that they're doing. And people running around with lists and uh, just, to me, it's like, I, I, I'm very grateful to have this spot. If, if we weren't here, I wouldn't have this spot. But I'd be in a national forest or I'd be over at my friend's Ed, Ed's place or I'd be somewhere. I wouldn't necessarily be here and it might be slightly different. But it's really interesting how almost everyone that comes down here and spends any time says, you know, how, do you, how did you do this? And I said, in order to have this, whether it's in the desert down on BLM land in the middle of winter in seeing these beautiful sunsets and beautiful sunrises and moon rises and so forth, in order to do this, I had to give everything up. I had to burn it down to start to rebuild, to have this lifestyle. And I, you know, I hear all these motivational videos I hear all these uh, authors about self-help and what you have to do to be happy and all this stuff. And they, none of them ever say, you know, whatever thing that you decide to do, and I say you, you know, I, I'm talking about myself too. You have to realize that there is an opportunity cost to what you're going to do. And you're going to you're decide, I'm going to give everything up so that I can follow my passion. It doesn't have to be being a nomad. You know, I think for us nomads, it's uh, this is the template. This is the experience for us. But I've done it so many times in my life. There is an opportunity cost to making a decision that, that I'm going to make a change for whatever reason. You have to be willing to pay that cost. So when I see all these things... And I, I have an artistic business, which is certainly not making a fortune. And I see people with jobs, and I see all the money coming in, and I see the money going out, uh, and, and the things that it affords, let's say. Sometimes I get a little, it's not jealous, I get a little sad. I feel like, you know, here I am, I got this old truck, whatever. And then I realize I have to go back and say, wait a second, 
so rewind. If you had what they have, where would you be? How would you feel about it? And I'll tell you a story about why. I say that, and I can tell you how I'd feel about it, because the story says it all. I had to get some work done on Mobile Podcast Command. It needed uh, an oil manifold, which was leaking. And one of the problems with a 23-year-old vehicle, and any, any of you guys that do your own wrenching will, will know what I'm talking about, uh, you just it's hard to find parts. And, and the biggest problem with these vehicles is that as time goes forward, you either have to you have to fabricate parts or you have to really have a source to get parts because your average mechanic just doesn't have time or they don't know who to call or it takes them longer to get the parts. And I found a really good mechanic up here. and they they were like, we can we can probably fabricate a, you know, a gasket for this, but it's not even that big of a thing. It's about the size of a, you know, it's about the size of a cigar case. That's about how big this thing is. And it, it basically is the interface between the oil pump and the filter and the, the oil being putting the oil into the engine. And when they get old, they just start to leak. And it's really funny. So if Mike down in uh, Quartzite is listening, all winter, I kept smelling this smell, and I had a fuel line leak a while back, and it was the same thing. They had to make, they were going to have to make me a fuel line out of racing material. And uh, the guy eventually found a, the last fuel line at the Ford dealership in Parker, Arizona, for this vehicle. Uh, same thing here. They were like, we can't, we're going to have to build it. Well, they ended up finding the part, and uh, they had to do some other stuff. I had finally replaced the brake ABS sensor and some other things, and now i got to do yet more because I'm having a problem with the instrument uh, cluster, things like these little things that, uh, you know, I'd rather not spend money on because I, what I really want to do is do other stuff. But, okay, you know, you got to have an odometer, right? So I didn't have the truck for like two, three weeks, and I had to stay in the cabin. And I was going stir-crazy. I, I mean, literally, I was going stir-crazy. I finally, they got, they called me like, okay, the truck's almost ready. Come up and get it. So I went up and I got it and I paid and I brought it back down here. So you ha I have to go through the back, the little forest in the back. I have to open the gate, bring this thing through the overhang of trees and stuff and leaves hitting the truck, bring it through on the dirt road to get down in here. Got it all here. Got everything plugged in. Got a fire built. It was late afternoon. And immediately, so I'm going to tell you how stir-crazy I was. For, aside from the fact that I just watched television for, for three weeks, and I've just done that, and I, I was, that was driving me crazy. The second thing is, my eyes were itching, you know, it, it was nuts. And as soon as I got out of there, all that went away. So I have become so attuned to living outside and being outside, you know, because I'm not going to sit in the truck all night. You know, I sit out here by the fire from... You know, as soon as I get up in the morning, I'm outside, and uh, at night I sit out here till one, two, three o'clock in the morning, and then I go to sleep. So I'm not in the truck. You know, I don't sit in the truck. I, I'm outside, and I don't. I can't really. I can't really live in a house anymore. I mean, I don't mind being in a house. It's luxurious. I don't mind cooking my dinner on a real stove, that kind of stuff. But there's something about being out here. The guy I was talking to earlier about who has the fire down the way. I said to him, you know, he goes, God, you know, have you noticed that the lake has just been super quiet and smooth? He goes, I've never seen it like this. 
uh, for an extended period of time. And I said, you know, isn't it weird that uh, we're the only two guys here that are actually able to enjoy this all night and all day? Stand out here by this completely still, silent water, and or get up early in the morning and uh, when it's foggy and you see this fog over the lake and you're completely enclosed in fog and you walk out and the lake is utterly smooth. Most of the people that live here never see the lake like this because they don't, they're not out here down on the lake. I go back to what did I give up to gain this experience? And for me, it ended up being, I can't do a tether. Like I can't have a, a, I can't have a house and go back to the house, you know, and be out for three months or four months and then go back to the house. I can't do that because I'm all in, you know. And being all in is, is really what it's all about for me. So... I gave up and rejected a certain lifestyle for this unorthodox lifestyle. It's still new in the sense that I've only been full-time for three and a half, almost three years, two and a half. I, I don't even know anymore. And I've been here for a while. I'll be here for probably another month, and then I'm headed to New England. But the cool thing is I can go whenever I want to go. When, I fin when they finish my truck or when I get all the work done that I need to get done and do all the things I need to do, uh, and I'll be ready to go. And there won't be, I don't have to do anything. All I got to do is start the truck up and go. Put everything in and do what I got to do and then head out. And to me, that's just, that's, uh, you know, because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that that is freedom. But I do want to make that point that sometimes you have to give it up to gain it all. Again, get, going back to my friends who come and go, you have got it. You got it locked in, man. You have the life. They can't, they just, they're like, how do you do this? And I'm like, I gave everything up. I don't have, I mean, all my possessions, I have, all my possessions literally, aside from the tree trunks and all that stuff, everything is around me or in the truck. That's it. And I just threw a bunch of stuff away that was in the truck. I don't have anything else anywhere, aside from the few boxes up in the shed, but I'm going to get rid of that stuff. You know, I didn't even know that existed. So, but in terms of hauling stuff with me or having a place, I don't have, you know, any of that. It's good to have a place that's a base to come back to, to go, okay, this is the place where I can get the new tires. And this is a place where, you know, I can clean the truck, deep clean the truck, or this is where I can do this, where I can do that. But I don't want to stay in the cabin. I want to be down here on the flat by the lake uh, because I've changed my life completely. And I gave up a lot to have the change, but I feel like I gained a ton. And I had that thought. I'm, I hope I've stayed with this concept. Sometimes in order to make a change, and we're, we're, they don't tell you this. When they tell you you're living your best life and this is what you have to do to get up every day and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Uh, they don't tell you that it comes down to making a choice. And if you really want significant, radical change in your life, then you have to make a big enough change that there's a sacrifice. And you take a deep breath, you make the sacrifice, and you go forward, and you see what you can build.
And, you know, I'm lucky that I know how to do that. I'm not afraid to do that. I wouldn't say, and I'm going long, but I'm going to do it anyway. I wouldn't tell you, I wouldn't presume to tell you, the listener, what you should do in your life or what kind of shape that takes in your life. But I do know that the big gains come from taking that risk of saying, I'm giving all this up. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to burn it down. And I mean, that's extreme, but that fits my personality. And I'm going to build something new. And, and it, it's going to be hard and it's going to take a while. And, and I don't have unlimited resources. You know, I have to be very careful how much I spend and how I spend it and what I spend it on. But that's half the fun. So, <sighs> I'm going to do some summer podcasts now for a while. We're not going to get heavy again for a while because now we're full into summer and it's just this this one is one for the books this one is rolling out beautifully i really appreciate the subscriptions at itunes google podcasts spotify some of these syndication services do not have all the podcasts there's 1103 podcasts some of them do not have all of those if you want all of them you have to get them on the bob davis podcast there's like 400 pages of podcasts so you go to the search window, you type in podcasts, you know, 35, and you'll you'll find it. And that's the best place to get them at thebobdavispodcast.com. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast, Podcast 1103. Get back on the summer vibe, travel vibe, the Bob Davis Podcasts. <gasps> George.